0: This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's President and CEO, Zach Vassar. We also have Principal Second Violin and Artistic Administrator, Merwin Sue, And we have a couple of special guests today, Conductor Sarah Jobin and the TSO's Principal Trumpet, Lorraine Carpenter. Welcome to all of you. Thank you for joining us. Thank We are going to be talking about a concert that's coming up this weekend. It's called Classical Ellington, and this is music of Duke Ellington. Also, a couple of other works on the program, and we'll talk about that. But first of all, it's happening at the Paris style, Friday and Saturday evening at 8 o'clock p.m. More information about all of this and everything going on at TSO at ToledoSymphony.com. You can also call up that box office, 419-246-8000. See, I've got that phone number Correctly memorized now, You right? have been studying. Yeah. No, no buzzers or alarm bells went off. So uh, let's talk a little bit first about the uh, North Star Festival. I know you recently did uh, finish up the opera I Dream, which uh, made a fantastic impression on the community. You've done a lot of stuff with North Star Festival, and this is going to be the last concert, right? That's in, right. In North Star. H- has, it, uh, has it sort of unfolded as you, as you had hoped?
1: there's something about doing a festival over this much time and with some events that are not festival events in between. So, you know, we would, we'd be full on into festival mode and then we would do symphony Fantastique, which is a wonderful concert Mm. with John Nakamatsu, but not part of the festival. So it's been a sort of thing where I I found that the, the length of time between the, the start to finish is great. Uh, but with, with some interruptions, which have been very welcome, but, um, you know, I, I, I think if we did yeah. it over, maybe we wouldn't do it that way. And I, I imagine just it, off the top it's hard.
0: Of yeah, it, it's hard to follow the arc of it just because there's so many things going right. on during so, the season. And it, this was an exceptionally full series of performances a lot of different things and you brought in a lot of community partners as well that's right that's right but and that's i think what we're happiest about is. yeah i mean of-
2: i have to say seeing the audiences at IDream and also the audiences <laughs> at the kathleen battle concert it is the most beautiful diverse audience that i have seen in either of those concert no. halls mm-hmm. like ever in my life and so i think it's just been a fantastic success already yeah, with that. I mean, I wasn't able to go to the chamber concert, so I don't know what the audience was like with that. But um,
0: it's had a great response from the yeah. community, which is good. Which is good, and and really the fact great. that you're able to bring together different organizations mm-hmm. under this umbrella has been a, a real success, I think. What do you What do you think about that, Merwin? Since you certainly had a hand in all the programming.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that I've always kind of walked into this thinking that um, what will be some of the greatest effects of this will be on our organization itself we Mm -hmm. have a lot of learning to do and now we have a lot of people who we've been conversing with and been partnering with and i think that's going to really help our organization learn and i think that's wonderful and i think we'll we'll be able to kind of trace that out in the years to come and to see the impact and i think hopefully this is just the beginning of something that you know that 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 doesn't feel like a one off and that we can kind of expand further and not even just in a festival context, but something that really permeates what we do. And I think that's if we can expand our reach and do do a better job in listening as well as in collaborating and learning, I think we're going to we're going to come out of this having learned some wonderful things and Mm -hmm. some really valuable lessons, and I'm so psyched about that.
0: Well, I'm I'm glad that you were so ambitious about all of this (laughs) and doing so much with it because, you know, it's one thing to kind of dip your toe in the water, another thing to to jump in head first, and I think that's what TSO did this time around.
1: There's something to be said, though, for exploring so many different types of music. Mm -hmm. I think the, uh, honestly, in retrospect, spirituals, and the effect that they had in music,
4: mm-hmm.
1: that dialogue has already begun. Uh, but doing an R&B opera, something that felt a lot more maybe like a, a musical,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then bringing jazz into the symphonic repertoire, I think is the thing that might be a little more uncomfortable. Because we've no. all heard Dvorak 9. We all know the sound of going home in an orchestral setting. But I think the the eyebrows are raised when we start having this dialogue right now about jazz.
0: Yeah, and, and there's an interesting um, thing about jazz and classical music. Now, you think of symphonic jazz and music, you know, by Freddie Grofé and George Gershwin, and that is much more akin to what you get in the concert hall normally, right? It's not that mm-hmm. that different, really. Even poor mm-hmm. Gimpass at opera. But when you look at, you know, Duke Ellington taking on the mm-hmm. classics mm-hmm. – He's taking the classical music and really transforming it into jazz. And, and, I, I, and he's reinterpreted some great music. I mean, he did
1: the, the Peer Gynt uh, suites in, in band form. We're going to be doing his Nutcracker at this concert this weekend. And, and I love saying to people, why are we doing the Nutcracker in April? Is that this isn't Tchaikovsky anymore? <laughs> this is definitely Duke Ellington.
2: Yeah. yeah,
0: let but me let me play a, a little bit of it. Actually, he is
2: a classic composer himself. Yeah.
0: yeah, let me. Here's a little bit of this is the actually the harmony ensemble with Stephen Richmond. We'll play just a little bit of the uh, overture. That is, you know, that's not Gershwin. That's not Grofé. No, no that's, way. That's
1: You know, there, there's that <laughs> old
0: um, big band arrangement from
1: Les Brown. He did his own Nutcracker suite. Uh, Les Brown and his band of Benchner. renown. And uh, that, <laughs> to me, always felt like, what if Tchaikovsky were going to write for a big band? Yeah. This feels like, what if Duke Ellington were going to write the Nutcracker?
2: For Tchaikovsky. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it has a stamp great.
1: on it from those very first notes.
0: Now, when uh, TSO is doing this, you're you're not doing this particular arrangement, right? Are you doing? Actually, it with the, the symphony, beginning or? of that
2: sounds like what we're doing. the yeah. The sound that people are going to get at the beginning of the concert when they come into the concert hall is the sound of a big band. The strings come in later.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Lorraine? I think it's,
4: <laughs> I think it's great. I We've think saved
0: it, the strings for as late as possible. Yeah, right? well,
4: uh, <laughs> don't even get me started on that topic. Um, <laughs> she's a, she's a but
0: what is your take on this? My take
4: is I think that there's so much jazz that has permeated classical music that we really don't even recognize. And I think it's about time that we bring jazz into the concert hall. Yeah. I mean, it's so amazing. I mean, just the opening two bars of that, a big smile on my yeah. face. But when I mean, you say jazz,
0: yeah. you mean like real jazz, you know? You know what <laughs> mean mean? Like, uh, j- jazz comes in many different flavors. It does. Right? There are lots of different kinds of jazz. Yes. This well, is more like the kind of jazz. And there's different that, flavors in this
2: concert, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. There's yes. at least three flavors, yeah. you know, if you count Ellington as being the same flavor. Yeah. Right?
0: <laughs> Two Ellington, Ellington pieces, and, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And,
1: and we should probably say that we open up with oh. Nutcracker, but then yeah. we yeah. finish with something very different, uh, like a very credible Harlem. tone poem. Yeah, Harlem.
0: So yeah.
2: the opening motif of Harlem, that minor third, yeah. is apparently how Cootie Williams used to say the word Harlem, and that's why <laughs> Duke Ellington wrote it into that piece. Are you serious? And yes, this is why that's the motif oh, wow. in Harlem, and and that motif, unbeknownst to the the, you know. The people who programmed this concert, that motif (laughs) is also in the Schoenfeld, uh, Schoenfeld, Schoenfeld um, for parables. Yeah, yeah, Schoen, okay, Schoen, however you want to say it in German or English. (laughs) But anyway, um, there's a motif that's a descending minor third in the parables. Yeah. Which Schoenfeld uses as a Hauptstimme. Okay, <laughs> we're doing jazz with Schoenberg. <laughs> um, jazz in Germany. So, Why not? Sh- yeah, Schoenfeld's piece is quite different. His his flavor, his take on the whole yeah. jazz. But anyway, that motif is in both Wait, pieces. Schoenberg or Schoenfeld?
0: Or Schoenfeld? Okay,
2: I'm talking about. <laughs> I am so Schoen- confused. Okay, the guy who lives in Michigan is right. Paul Schoenfeld. But right. it depends if you say his name in German or English. But anyway, he he references so many composers in his piece, including Schoenberg. Okay. Because he uses a Hauptstimme in some places.
0: Can you tell us what that is for folks who don't know?
2: Hauptstimme is this thing that Schoenberg used which was to say which who had the melody when uh, okay. it was not obvious. And Couldn't there just are places... hold up
0: signs and you know.
2: <laughs> well, that's kind of what it's like. If people have like an H in the score, they have an H and then this little line which is supposed to tell you when your melody stops, you know, when yeah. it starts and stops. And he uses it um, only a couple times when it's really not clear who would have the melody. And that descending minor third, you know you might just kind of ignore it unless you know that that's the melody. I think we cool should that the use same that for
3: orchestras just to, you know, sort of it's keep people in It's actually a wonderfully mind. clear yeah. notation. I mean, you know.
2: It's like connect the, the dots. That's yeah. it, it really is, clear.
3: I, I actually do think it's extremely clear because then you know immediately, okay, yeah. this is a counter melody of yeah. some importance, mm-hmm. but you should be playing softer than this person. Right. Yeah. And then, oh, I'm filler. Play less. Yeah. It's yeah. a be really, one, I think it's a wonderful <laughs> wonderful notation, but um, the You po- can just write a big F over the part for filler. <laughs> <laughs> With Paul Schenfield, I just I think an incredibly underrated composer. Yeah. Uh, uh, He's just, really good. I think an inc- a beautiful lyrical gift. Um, the Cafe Music for Piano Trio is one of my favorite pieces, and yeah. we actually put um, the second movement of the trio on our wedding CD just because it's just hmm. such a beautiful piece of hmm. music, and the, and the Four Parables is... Alternates between that incredibly lyrical, you know, just gorgeous melodies and some moments which are almost laugh out loud funny. And that's the rarest of gifts for a for a classical music composer is really, really funny music. Can I
2: tell you my favorite marking in the score? This is actually for the soloist. To play in the style of a drug addicted barroom pianist. That's written in the score. (laughs) That's in the Schoenfeld. Now, is that
0: written in, in, is that handwritten or is it printed? Oh, no. I
2: wrote a bunch of things on the front of my score and I brought it with me today just because I wanted to tell you some of my favorite markings and also all the composers who I hear in this score.
0: Because I'm seeing little scribbles all over the front page. Well, that's what happens when. I thought maybe you wrote that. Some of those
2: are typos that I asked the composer, is this a wrong note? Yeah. yeah. Third trombone has a G natural. I think it should be a G oh, flat, you know. Good for the trombones <laughs> to so know like if they're listening. <laughs> but okay, so you want me to list all the composers that I hear? Influenced it, in, in the there? Stern field? Absolutely.
0: You know, before we get to that, that theme that you mentioned, what yeah. is it again?
2: Harlem Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: the trumpet you kinda, plays it with a plunger. You know you, it's you like,
0: sound like a sedated Edith Bunker when you well. do that.
2: Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ah, luckily gee. I'm not singing on this concert. I just oh. want to make that clear.
1: <laughs> Play like a sedated
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right
2: That could be in the score
0: A drug addicted, sedated A drug sedated <laughs>
2: some of the, little, bunker. Bunker. the oboe is supposed Archie. to play <laughs> Archie The oboe is supposed to play poco bizarro uh, po- Poco <laughs> bizarro
0: Wait, Let me translate, a little bizarre A
2: little bizarre yeah. The solo piano has forte desperato
0: <laughs> Very desperate um, Or like a desperado, if we we want to think south of the border. And the
2: third percussion is playing a vibra-slap or the jawbone of an ass.
0: Wow, that's quite a choice.
1: (laughs) We're we're talking about the animal,
2: right? I don't know exactly what we're talking about. It's written in the score. But that has like
0: a biblical connotation there.
2: I, have no, I don't know, actually.
0: Look, I wouldn't read too much into that. I want you to Google, <laughs> I Zach, know. I want you to Google Jawbone, jawbone of, an of an Ass. I don't want to know and what kind of image search Google is going to show up when I do that. No, you're, you're gonna I, gonna I might lose is. my job. It's no.
4: biblical? I
0: think so. It, it, While well, he's looking that up, I just want to point what? out that that theme is also shared in the Colonel Bogey March. Yeah.
4: Huh. well Copeland also used that in Billy the Kid Billy huh. so it's very, oh, yeah. very common
2: your singing
0: is much better than it's her it's not really sing, but- <laughs> but-
2: she should be singing
0: <laughs> <laughs> there it, there are only so many notes and combinations of notes what'd you come up with there Zach yeah it is oh, uh, It is bone. biblical it's uh, oh, no. Samson
1: with the donkey's jawbone I have made great donkeys of them
0: yeah, yeah. see I, I know my bible wow yeah.
2: okay and it is called parables
0: Four of them. There wow. you go.
4: Did you find four of them in the score? Are there four references to... No. Ooh. Well, that's
2: the only reference to a job of Manasseh. Okay, now I'm going to look. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there could be four other hidden <laughs> biblical oh. terms here. Well, <laughs> what, what, um, what else do you want to tell us about this uh, Schoenfeld piece?
2: Well, it's just... It's amazingly complex and funny and simple. You, I mean, I hear... Mozart and Haydn, there's some, like, Baroque moments in there. Mm -hmm. There's also, like, Messiaen. There's some chords that are just so complex that you don't know what they are, but they sound familiar and they're beautiful. Um, There's, like, I think there's references to Ludoslavsky. There's a burlesque moment um, where the brass just lets loose. There's William Bolcom in there. Mm -hmm. There's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sort of, like, nightclub, nice... I don't know, singable jazz. There's Tristan. He has his own Tristan chord, kind of, that opens the third movement. Like, it's related. <laughs> well, you
0: got to write these kind down of. and send him an email. Well, I, I, I did write them down. That's, yeah. oh,
2: that's why. I, um, and also Mio, there's sometimes where he's bi-tonal. He's in two yeah. different keys at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's just funny things, like the first entrance of the piano solo he makes the timpani play a 16th note late. <laughs> like on purpose. So when she's playing it correctly it's going to sound like she's a, she couldn't catch up. Yeah. And then Well, um, that's
0: now is he like trying to make the the pianist look bad or the timpanist? He's
2: just funny. Just creating a sound world. He's yeah. just funny. He there's a now, lot you, of stuff in here sure this sure just funny. You make sure it's not a
0: misprint, right? It's not. I'm sure
2: that's not. And then there's another time when the brass has this little waltz thing and the snare drum player apparently can't catch up and so the snare drum player sounds like he's a 16th no yeah. late until the last two bars. Finally, he catches up. You know, it's like...
0: <laughs> I hope you put things. all this in the program notes. I mean, no. if I was a percussionist, no. <laughs> I'd be like, make sure they know. <laughs> Maybe not a my special fault, thing folks. about percussionists. I don't know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I should point
0: out,
1: this is a work, The Four Parables is a work that the Toledo Symphony commissioned 35 years mm. ago. Oh, yeah. And I believe it's our first full performance of it since then.
3: We've performed movements, Movements, but we haven't performed the whole thing. And I think it's probably worth kind of situating this concert within North Star. I think one of the things that we've been trying to do throughout North Star Festival is to explore the intersection of music and history. And this concert um, really pays tribute to the jazz history of the Peristyle. Duke Ellington hmm. was the first non-classical um, musician to grace the stage. And he played, I think, January 1956. And it was hmm. the first the first time that there had been a, a jazz performance in the Peristyle. And then to create with the, the Paul Schoenfield Four Parables, um, some a very jazz influenced work that was premiered at the peristyle and then not only to pay tribute to that but then to go and create more history with the alice gomez piece yeah. i think that was that was really the through the thread that was tying this together well, latin jazz
0: we can talk about the the gomez piece in just a second here but this is uh the schoenfeld is for piano and orchestra who's a pianist in the uh yeah natasha
1: bremsky yeah
0: okay is that yeah. somebody that has been here before? Or what, what can you tell us She's about? making
3: her debut with the orchestra. She performed this with the Grant Park Orchestra and just did a really, really wonderful job and has since made the piece something of a calling card. Oh, yeah, okay. she
2: like specializes in this piece. Yeah, and I think she piece took it been, to
3: Oregon too.
0: The piece has yeah. been
2: performed all over the world and recorded several times by major artists.
0: Now we have a world premiere that's happening on this guest, And, and yes, Lorraine do. Carpenter is here to tell us about that. Lorraine, the microphone is yours. All
4: right. Well, um, I met Alice when I had a one-year position down in San Antonio Symphony. She was a percussionist who would sub with the orchestra frequently, we became friends. And um, in 2003, I commissioned her to write a work for trumpet and percussion. And we actually premiered that piece at the Women's Brass Conference in Normal, Illinois in 2003. And that was, was normal. interesting <laughs> that combination. Was for the, the, well, that's
0: yes. the University of Illinois is in Normal. Okay. <clears throat> right. Isn't it normal? Yes. There is a, yeah. yes. I'm from Illinois. I should right. know these things. So I'm <laughs> Dodge and Pratt's hometown. That's all I know. Yeah. Oh, wow. Normal. So uh, trumpet and percussion. Right. Like lots of different types of percussion. Well, or? mostly
4: congas. Yeah. Um,
0: Were they playing a 16th note off? Or? <laughs>
4: no. I, pr- I probably was because they're Thankfully. Very, it's very challenging, Alice these rhythms. Um, trumpet and so, congas. I yeah, I know. So I saw Alice two years ago at a, a summer music festival, and she said, You know, I'd really like to rework that piece for orchestra and trumpet, and mm. I'd like to give you the first dibs since I commissioned it. I said, Fantastic. So I took that idea to Merwin. He, of course, ran with it. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the ink is still drying on the parts. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but we finally have the music, and um, I'm really excited about it.
0: So it's a Latin jazz suite. Yes, and, and this is an orchestral transcription of tr- the trumpet and percussion piece.
4: Correct. She's how added, do you tra- Well, is well, it no, pitch it's for percussion? Now it's though? for everyone. No, yeah. I
2: mean it's for the orchestra. It's for orchestra now. now orchestra. Yeah, for children.
0: orchestra now. But she started with congas. Correct. That sounds like an interesting journey right there to get from congas well, to a full orchestra. She
2: said that she had to really think about some of the harmonic progressions because originally when she wrote it, she originally wasn't always thinking about the harmonic progressions. So in transcribing it for orchestra, she had to do some mental gymnastics in some places. Correct. I think yeah. it works great. Yeah. It's a, it's a I think it's piece. a great piece. It's really fun. Are you going to play it
0: for us? Um, I could play tidbits <laughs> of they? it. You've got your trumpet. trumpet here.
4: Um, I could play tidbits. Oh, that's yeah. a trumpet. Yeah. Oh, you can play it right
0: here. You can play it <laughs> on this yeah, microphone right bad. here. Okay.
4: Well, let me just talk about maybe the first movement. It's called Waywanko, and it's very interesting. Uh, Waywanko is a, a Cuban – it's two things. First thing is it's Huayuanco. Way way not Willy Wonka. I took French, so if it's i It's spelled okay. with think, a G. spelled with a G. I was, I
0: was thinking, you know, Roald Dahl or something there <laughs> no, for a minute. Like Willy Wonka. Didn't brand. he do so Willy, Willy Wonka? is how I would oh, yeah.
2: pronounce it yeah. incorrectly. Well,
4: so. Anyway. <laughs> And it's I would pronounce things. it even more incorrectly. Yeah. It's you. a Cuban yeah. rumba, um, and the second thing is, it's a it's a dance form that actually originated, I think, from the Bantu tribe in Africa, no. No. and it's a very can I say this word on the radio? It's a very sexualized <laughs> dance between you a man and a woman. I can't say that. Yeah. It's a you very erotic dance. <laughs> <laughs> Kind I mean, hey, days. we play,
0: we play Zalame, so, you know, you you yeah.
4: line of fire. Um, so <laughs> and I'm in the
1: ejector seat. here.
4: <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, the man is trying to seduce the woman and she's just kind of dancing around it. And if you can, I can actually hear this. I think, of course, Alice may tell me that I'm just crazy or loco, but um, you can hear this in the opening of this piece.
0: Okay. Lorraine has got her hours trumpet hours ago, ready to play. Here we are not
4: going
2: to play towards the
0: mic. Oh. oh. <laughs>
4: so I think you can actually hear the very masculine, you know, staccato, it's attacked, yeah. and then the woman kind of demurely ignoring it. So it's kind of exciting.
0: <laughs> Wait, so the guy was a D, D, D. Yeah. And then the woman was a... That's nice. <laughs> oh, she's pulling out the mute, right? No, um, no, we're getting serious. Yes, now.
4: we are. The second movement, I love the second movement. Alice and I are both cat people. So, when she wrote this work, um, she wrote it for her cat, uh, Pumpkin, <laughs> who actually passed away a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, poor Pumpkin. And, um, her, her vision of this is a, a cat. Discovering a very sunny window mm. and you can actually hear the cat stretching and trying to find the best spot in the sun. That's the opening it's a kind of a long trumpet cadenza and then the very the middle section is a kind of a classic afro cuban soul music. You can find this rhythm in a lot of afro Cuban music. It's just like a kind of a habanero but not really I play so a little here's bit. here's a little cat music for you It's not quite oh. so loud Zach, so <laughs>
0: Yeah, kind of sounds like a cat. We, we've asked poor Lorraine to, like, you know, play her trumpet with the microphones everywhere and trying to face it away from being directly in the mic and hunched over the music and... We should have mm-hmm. turned down the lights and, you know, yeah. probably the conditions will be a little bit better when you do it in the peristyle. I hope so. Yeah. 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 We'll be pointed <laughs> we'll that's Have a the music plan. stand.
4: <laughs> and then just a little bit about the last mu- movement. The last movement is called cubop, which is short for Cuban b- bebop essentially. And Alice was influenced by Tito Puente and Dizzy Gillespie and Machito. I think it's challenging for the orchestra because it goes between Latin rhythms and swing rhythms. Yeah. And you have to kind of switch it yeah. instantly. So the opening starts out with a Latin feel. So you get that theme throughout the piece, and then just a couple measures later is a swing feel. So you get that running through the piece. So it's very kind of ah Yeah
0: you know,
4: crazy that way.
0: Yeah, you can totally hear it. But yeah. Alice
4: Alice will be coming. To hear the yeah. piece. And uh, so that's very exciting. Yeah. Take her bow. Yeah, take her bow.
0: Now, Lorraine, before we got on the microphones uh, with your trumpet, I-, I said you would have to play a duet with uh, Elaine <laughs> Trudell. Because we, we've got him here in the okay. soundboard. <laughs> Let's see so, if I can- uh, Get your trumpet oh, so out there. So now we have to make that happen. No, we have to get yours, too. We okay. have a couple of different sad trombones right. from Elaine. Let me play you one of them <laughs> She's <here>. already
2: recorded. <laughs>
0: Hi, Art. Keep it going.
3: Hi, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: See,
0: that yes. was the world premiere Oy.
4: That's
0: what world music Premier. school does
4: for
2: you Elaine
0: and Lorraine <laughs> Oh no, oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. Um. But uh, getting back to the concert this weekend Because we're just yes. about out of time Just to uh, remind folks It's classical Ellington It begins and ends with music of Duke Ellington Also that world premiere that we were uh, sampling there With trumpeter Lorraine Carpenter by uh, Alice Gomez, her Latin Jazz Suite, and also music of Paul Schoenfeld, The Four Parables for Piano and Orchestra. That's happening this weekend, Friday and Saturday at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Peristyle, directed by Sarah Jobin. And Sarah, before we go, we should mention this is your first. Classics concert that you're conducting. Yeah. And you're about to leave.
2: (laughs) First (laughs) and last. (laughs)
0: Great timing.
2: I'll come back for the Messiah, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's
3: the story now, Merwin, behind uh, behind this? When we decided to put this concert together, I pitched the concert to her with... The worst possible program I could this
2: was think of. The Thankfully, meanest was everyone you've never in had. the office has a good sense of humor. Oh my god! <laughs>
3: it was, I, I think. Wait, you did it on on purpose
0: or not I'll, on purpose? Yeah. I
3: I tried to oh, think they of were torturing. Yeah, me. Yeah. yeah, I tried to think of like composers that I knew she might not be a huge fan of, and right. things that were th- that are relatively thankless to conduct, like Ravel's Bolero, which is not a piece that you know allows a conductor <laughs> to really shine. And I I, I can't remember. We what, had what that what program was. We had but the
1: list: first sound. or second piano concerto. We had bolero. bolero. Which, You know,
2: these are great pieces of music. It's great great piece of music, but they don't
1: they don't go together, yeah. and they are All not conductor favorites. Friendly. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and there was a I want to say a very early Schubert symphony or something Maybe, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. that's yeah. yeah. Exciting.
2: So they sat me down. there like, "Here, we're going <laughs> to give you a classics concert. Here's the program," and I was like, "Huh."
1: The <laughs> <No, laughs> I, I, I love. You.
2: Well, how do I respond?
1: Your <laughs> sure. was great. I mean... You said, "Okay, this is ah, great. Thank you." <laughs> Merwin and I erupted into laughter. This is the meanest I've ever seen a Canadian act. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you hit the quote. <laughs>
2: you
0: He's get learning you. from the United States. No. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: So yeah. then yeah. they showed me the real program, and then I was delighted. Yeah. yeah. Because I do think that Ellington is one of the great American composers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So. Yeah.
0: That was awfully mean to play that trick on her right before she's leaving.
3: This was t- probably this two was a years, long
0: time ago. ago. Oh. I was brand new before. to the job. Yeah. You're oh, still yeah. In your Maybe office. that's why you left. It right? was like a year
1: and a half ago. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Sarah, well, you've you've had a nice um uh, conclusion here i think if you think about the the festival the battle concert mm. the uh this concert looking out to the indigo girls i i hope we're sending you off with a with a bunch of highlights that you'll thank think you back highly on
2: i yes i feel really happy about my three-year tenure here and i also want to say i wanted to say this from earlier in the program i want to say how proud i am of the toledo symphony and the toledo opera for their programming and how it has changed it, in the past three years, even while I've been here, and how the two organizations have reached out to the community, because this North Star Festival is a major initiative for both organizations. And it's just it's a great effort. And I know that the effort will continue in the years ahead. But I just have to say that how proud I am of both organizations for what awesome. you're doing.
0: Conductor Sarah Jovan, the concert this weekend at the Paris Style. more information at Toledosymphony.com dot com. Toledo Symphony Lab is generously underwritten by a gift from the estate of Barbara Garwood and is a production of WGTE Public Media with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org or subscribing on Apple Podcasts. My thanks to Zach Vassar, Merwin Soon, especially to our guests, Sarah Jobin and Lorraine Carpenter. I'm Brad Cresswell, and you've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab here on FM 91.